Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the Fabulous Three, which includes not only myself, but my man Front Row Kenny and the lovely Miss Tam. How are you guys doing today? I got one question for you. How about those cowboys? Yeah, but... <laughs> boy, that, that, uh, yeah. Talk about a sweating it out, huh, Kenny? Yeah, that was a whirlwind of a of a game. I was talking to my dad. And I told him, I was like, man, I don't know about us right now. I, I have no idea if we're going to be good. But if anything, we should beat the Giants. We ain't lost to them in the last now five matchups. We finally got it. Unfortunately, Dak is hurt. Wishing the best for him. But yeah, that was a tough one. Here's my thing. And we are going to jump into some NASCAR talk because there's a lot to talk about in NASCAR. A lot happened this week or since we last recorded the podcast. But just talking a little bit about the Cowboys. It was more than a whirlwind. When you think about it, you had Jason Garrett, a.k.a. The Bum, at least that's what people were calling him for all those years, on the opposing side of the field. And you had Tony Romo calling the game. It was like a perfect storm, but you were hoping for a beautiful ending. And granted, the Cowboys did win the race. Andy Dalton actually got sacked on his first play in, which is crazy. But then he came back and I think that scored a touchdown the third play afterwards. But saying that to say, it was literally a perfect storm. And although the Cowboys won, I can't really say it was a beautiful ending to that storm because I feel bad for Zach. And you could see the emotion on his face. I mean, the tears, those were crocodile tears. And that is, Kenny may not know what crocodile tears are, but I'm sure Renee and our listeners that are of a certain age, I guess you can say the Mm -hmm. generation Xers out there. Wait, Kenny, are you a millennial or no? I think I classify as one. I think so. That's crazy. Like you may be a Zer because that's the (laughs) next generation under, which is wild. But yeah, so saying that to say like, he had crocodile tears. Like when it's crocodile tears, that's serious. And you could tell on the replay that this was something serious. Like taking it back to the Lakers game, the Lakers, they made my head swim literally Friday night's game. But what I was going to say, when you saw Anthony Davis go down during the fifth game, you were kind of like, uh, he's going to come back, but you weren't sure. When you saw Dak go down, you know he was down and out and there was no coming back. And unfortunately, we hope it's not career ending, but it definitely is. It looks and appears to be a season ending injury because what are we in the fifth, fifth game of the season? Yeah. 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 And an injury like that, just coming from somebody that, that does work in the medical field, such as myself, that that's, that's a kind of one of those injuries that. And and it obviously sounds like it was pretty bad. You're talking about months of uh, healing and then months of rehabilitating. He should be ready to go by next year, but you know, then just to but then just to come back on an injury like that doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's always a psychological thing, and especially when it comes to injuries. I mean, just look at the guys that that uh, 
that have come back from accidents uh, during during races. It's a psychological thing that they have to like get their mindset back to not being afraid of either you know suiting back up again, getting back in the car. Injuries are a a, a huge deal with with uh, no matter what sport it is. Yeah, and just to add on to what you're speaking on the psychological aspect, his brother, his oldest brother, who I'm sure he looked up to most of his life, committed suicide. I think that was in April. So the young man is dealing with a lot. You're in a, you're not even in a contract year because you were franchised. So in essence, you bet on yourself and psychologically, do you think you let yourself down because you're injured? Like there's a lot going on. And obviously we can go on and on trying to analyze everything, but we don't know because we don't know if it's season ending yet. But I will say this, and I guess, and not I guess, but I'm sure I can speak for Kenny as well as Renee. Our prayers are with the young fella. Mm -hmm. No one ever wants to see anybody get hurt that way. So speedy recovery goes out and our prayers and our wishes go out to Dak Prescott. And on that note, we can talk about some NBA and we can talk about some NFL because if I'm not mistaken, the Raiders, the Raiders, you know, I like to say the Raiders, the Raiders won (laughs) your boy Mahomes lost. I'm not quite sure what in the hell is going on with Tom Brady. I don't think father time is catching up with him, but it's not looking good for him as of late. So yeah. yeah. Getting close though. (laughs) I guess we can jump into some NASCAR talks, but before we go into sprint cup talk, Kenny, I know that you were watching intentively the Xfinity race. So if you want to tell us a little bit about your thoughts on what happened, because I, you know, I didn't watch it all. I caught the highlights. I tuned in and tuned out. All I know is that it looked like it was a mess. I just saw rain, rain, rain. And honestly, that's the funniest thing about this whole weekend. As we're recording this right now, it is still raining in Charlotte. It rained literally right after the cup race and it has been raining ever since. So it is eight on the East Coast. It has been raining since about six o'clock. So yeah, Xfinity got way, way, way worse than what Cup ended up getting a damp racetrack to start it off. But I think the biggest problem that they had on Saturday compared to today was the fact that there was so much standing water. And I guess that's due to the way the track drains. So there was plenty of standing puddles, which a standing puddle in a race car, whether it's a stock car, a Emza sports car, which were also here this weekend, or a Formula One car. Shout out to Lewis Hamilton winning his 91st this weekend. The standing water is always going to be an issue, and that can always stop a race, or that can be a big, big problem, and it was. So, you know, AJ and Chase Briscoe, they went toe-to-toe for a little while up until a late caution came out, but overall, it was entertaining, and I mean, you got two guys that are really, really good that ended up battling it out. Of course, Chase Briscoe spun, but AJ Allmendinger was able to hold off, and he ended up getting a win, and this time, he actually cleared inspection, so... That was good on his part, but I thought that was a pretty interesting race. I just think next time going forward, if this does become another thing again, I guess the thing that Charlotte Motor Speedway would have to do is just really look into how they drain the track so we don't have this problem. I have a question and a question slash comment for you. AJ Amadinger won another Xfinity race earlier this year, right? But he didn't clear inspection. Am I correct? Correct. I believe it was Talladega. 
Yeah. Okay. So now he officially won and cleared inspection. <laughs> He's all good this time. He's all good this time around. He's had that bug going on for himself so many times. I feel bad for him, but he got this one off his shoulders and I couldn't have picked another winner better suited to win that. I mean, he's got the most experience in the rain out of anybody in that field besides Briscoe. So kudos to him. And he finally cleared inspection this time. Okay. And here's my other question for you. Kenny, were you disappointed that the cup race saw no rain? Now the grounds were wet and we saw some water on the windshield because obviously the grounds were wet and the race started on wet as in wet tires. But were you disappointed? Because I feel like there was all this hype going into Sunday's race. Like, yeah, we're going to finally race in the rain. Martin Truex Jr. came out and said he had never raced in the rain. It, you know, Ty Dillon, I think, was the most experienced out of the cup drivers in racing in the rain because he had raced three or three, four times or something. And don't quote me on that. I just kind of remember there was some talk about it. But were you disappointed? because? It didn't really live up to the hype. There was no monsoon. There was no <laughs> monsoon that took place. And speaking of monsoons, let me tell you guys about the time that I actually was in Morocco and I took a bus across country and it, it started to rain. And then when I got to my destination in Morocco, because I was in Marrakesh and I took like a two hour bus ride across the country to this other part of Morocco and you know, a country like that is not prepared, especially the area that I was in. And I'm just going to tell this, this is hashtag Tam's rent. It was an unforgettable story only because I had on some Dolce & Gabbana sneakers. And for those that are into fashion, fashion. or name <laughs> brands, you can only imagine how much some Dolce & Gabbana sneakers cost. <laughs> and the water was up to my knees, just put it like that. So those sneakers, it was a wrap. And it's an experience I will never forget because the fact that I actually took a two-hour bus ride across the country in Morocco is crazy in itself. The only thing that's come close to that is when I took a four-and-a-half-hour bus ride by myself across Costa Rica because I flew into the wrong airport. and. That was the only way I can get to my hotel. That Now, that's a whole nother story in itself because I couldn't cross the street from the airport to get the bus that was picking me up at Denny's. And I had to figure out how to cross the highway. That was a whole story. But yeah, so saying that to say, it did not happen in terms of the weather. So your thoughts, because I interrupted you before you can answer, because I just went on a hashtag Tim's rant. But Kenny, <laughs> were you disappointed? Honestly, not completely disappointed, because I mean, my thing was, so it was wet enough because it had rained a lot in the morning here, and it rained pretty hard for quite some time. I'm about maybe roughly like five miles out from the speedway. So here, it started to get a little warm on this side, and then on the other side, it was, you could see down the road, it was just real cloudy. So I thought maybe they were getting more rain, but they didn't really get much, if anything, after the fact. But honestly, the strategy it took to start the race was the more interesting part. An example, why we had a Ty Dillon win a stage was because of taking a strategy risk. And once that track got dry enough, everyone had to take the gamble of when they're going to put on a dry set of tires or a set of slicks, however you want to say it. 
So I thought that part was interesting. Again, that's something I feel like is real crucial to what makes a road course race relatively decent and or good is to have some type of strategy involved. And I think with the stages, it kind of staggers a lot of that. If you know at lap 25, I have to come in, you're going to wait till lap 25 to, to take your pit. But when you got weather mixed in and you've got to figure out when I can go on dry, when I can stay on the, how long can I stay on the wet? That's what makes it interesting. So I wasn't ultimately disappointed because I think it wouldn't have been that enjoyable if it was a complete washout again. I, I feel like a lot of the waiting on Saturday was what wasn't fun about the weekend. But other than that, I thought it turned out to be pretty good. And even on Sunday, I thought the race was pretty good, honestly. Before we jump more into NASCAR and really talk about what went on during Sunday's race, as well as what went on during the week, I have a question for both you and Renee. And this is a little off topic. And I probably shouldn't even ask this question, but because I'm Tam and that's what I do, I'm going to ask this question anyway. (laughs) So as I watch LeBron James dribble down the court, I can't help but notice his ever-growing ball spot. And my question to you both as men, as an old man, and not that Renee's that old, but you're older than Kenny, Mm -hmm. and Kenny as a young man. Thank you for putting it that way. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My question to both of you guys is, when you have LeBron James kind of money, do you just not take the time to invest in the products that can make the ball spot not appear as big? I don't know. That's really random. But I just, as someone who used to write about men's lifestyle, and for those who don't know, I ran a men's lifestyle website for 10 or 11 years. And when I say men's lifestyle, I'm not talking about Playboy, although I did work for Playboy, but not in the capacity that your mind may have drifted in. But I did used to be a social media producer for Playboy. I know a lot of Playboy girls. Shout out to some of my friends that were Playgirls. (sighs) My men's lifestyle website, I cover products and just things in general, like grooming stuff, advice for men, that kind of stuff. (laughs) but what i don't understand and again this is hashtag tim's rant why wouldn't you with a man with millions in the bank a man worth millions why wouldn't you invest in doing something i don't know okay i don't know i very thankful that i got a, a whole full head of hair what I've noticed in the past is that a lot of these athletes, especially if you go back and just look at uh, athletes in general that 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 are go- are getting bald or have a bald spot, what I'm used to seeing is that they usually just shave th- their head. They just keep their head shaved to prevent a lot of hair coming back on the head, so you, that 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 the the bald spot is noticeable. Now that's what I've seen over the years. But if I had that kind of money, Kenny, I'll be honest with you, I'd either just shave it off or. Uh, I don't know. I might I might do something to try to cover that up. I, I, but that's just me, Kenny. Nah, look, if I had that type of money, 100%, I'd do something for my hair. If not, if you ain't going to do it, you might as well go bald at that point. <laughs> like, well, my thought process is, I don't think he will ever go bald as long as he's playing. I don't think he will shave it off. <laughs> Clearly, he's already going bald. But I don't think he will shave it off because it's the comparisons to Michael Jordan. Probably so. Maybe that. That's a but good, what that's I a good don't point. understand is that, dude, there are some really great products on the market. And not only are there great products on the market that can camouflage that, 
he can actually just get the transplant thing. There's a a super famous celebrity. I'm not going to say who, but she has ties to the NFL. I will say that. And I know she had her eyebrows and her edges, as in the edges around her hair. She had them fixed because they were thinning out. So I don't know. Okay, that has nothing to do with NASCAR, but it's just a thought because I'm sure most of our audience are men. (laughs) And again, this is not to shame LeBron by any means. It's just that it's 2020 and technology is crazy. And I will tell you, like, I'm not a fan of plastic surgery per se, but I think I would get something done if I was a young guy. I don't know. Okay, so that's it. NASCAR Cup Series at the Rovo Top 10. Chase is your winner. As in the winner, it is his fourth straight road course win. Logano, as in Joey Logano, came in second. Eric Amarola. Eric Jones, who still does not have a ride for 2021, came in third. Kurt Busch came in fourth. Ryan Blaney, fifth. Ryan actually led a lap or two, if I'm not mistaken. William Byron came in sixth. Truex Jr. came in seventh. Alex Bowman, and it was announced this week that Alex Bowman is moving from the 88 into the 48. And if you guys get a chance, make sure to hit us up and check out our Twitter timeline. We reposted a really great video of Alex Bowman talking about not dealing with as much stress as he thought he would have to deal with trying to secure a place in the next round of the playoffs because of the news of him being in the 88. It kind of relieved some of that stress because it gave him something else to think about. Cole Custer, the young man came in ninth and Clint Boyer, who led a bunch of laps, came in 10th. And it was also announced that Clint Boyer will not be returning to NASCAR as in the NASCAR Cup Series as a full-time driver because he is going in the booth and we will not miss him, period, because he will always be there because he's just going in the booth. And we're excited about that because Clint and I have a lot in common. We both can talk. So it is going (laughs) to be interesting to see Clint in the booth. I'm not going to be happy about seeing him in a suit because I don't, Clint is not a suit and tie type of guy, but yeah, he'll be in the booth. Notables, Harvick. Real quick, sorry, Tam. It's always interesting when you see the guys, like, they go straight from the track to straight to the booth. It, it's kind of weird at first, because, like, even now when you look at Dale Jr., it was really weird when he first started going up into the booth. And even Jeff Gordon, for that matter, you know, when he first went up. And it's weird not to see them on the track and then they go in the booth. But then after a while, it starts to sink in and then you get used to the season going along. So I'm sure it'll be real quick before we see Clint Boyer in the booth and we get real used to it. I have a comment to what you just said about Dale Jr. being in the booth. So for the longest, I could not tell Dale Jarrett and Dale Jr. as in Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s voice from each other. And (laughs) it was driving me absolutely bonkers for a while. And then I realized. Like myself, <laughs> Dale Jarrett talks a lot. So <laughs> that's the first thing. And I know Dale Jarrett is one of Kenny's favorite drivers, but he can talk. And two, what helped me understand who was who is that 
Dale Jr. has more of a draw. He draws out the words and uh, not draw, but draw, you know, I don't know, the Southern. Like I, people say I sound Southern, but when I hear people who are from the South, I'm like, I sound nothing like them. I'm just not as, I don't know, I don't speak California Valley Girl talk. So people are like, wait, you're not from California because you don't sound like that. But I don't sound like that either, as in people in the South. But I can tell the difference mainly because of the way Dale Jr. kind of draws out his words. <laughs> but yeah, Dale Jarrett talks a lot. He talks most of the broadcast. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so really quick notables. Harvick is a notable only because, and he came in 11th. He's a notable only because I don't think he came in a top 10 last week either. And he was on such a roll heading into all of this. So is he going to turn it back on when we hit the round of eight? Or now that we're in the round of eight, that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Jimmy Johnson, as you guys know, is a forever notable until the end of this season, he came in 13th. And Matt Kenseth, also forever notable, he spun out, did a whole bunch of something, and he came in 34th. So, yeah. And if you go, oh, the top eight, as in the eight drivers that moved on to the next round of the playoffs Harvick, Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Joy Logano, Truex Jr., Alex, as in the Alex Bowman, Kurt as in the only Bush brother to make it to the round of eight. Yeah. Who's out? Kyle Bush. K-F-B. And you guys know what the F stands for. He is out. Dunzo still hasn't won a race this year and will not be defending his championship from last year because he's Dunzo. Austin Dillon, my man. As if you really thought he was going to make it to the round of eight. And that's no hate because you guys know I ride for Austin. But we knew that it wasn't happening. Unless something miraculous happened at Talladega or the Roval, but it didn't. So he's out. And Ryan Blaney, when I look at the eight that's in, I can't really say Ryan was better than any of those eight. But it's still a little shocking to see him out. William Byron is out, but let's face it, none of us even thought that he was going to make it to the round of 12, but he did. That's true. And he actually got a top five finish at the Roval. So kudos to the young boy. Kenny, you want to talk about your thoughts in his crew chief hanging up his crew chief badge or whatever the crew chief has? (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, I mean, Canals at this point, he has absolutely nothing to lose at this point. But if y'all don't know, if y'all know Ray Evernham and how he is, he is almost like a carbon copy of him. A guy that loves being in a shop, guy that loves working on the cars, doesn't know anything outside of cars, life, racing. And that's that's always his M.O. But I will say it would have been real cool if the 24 and the 48 swap crew chiefs just for one last time in Phoenix. I think that would be pretty neat, but I I don't have any any thoughts to that happening. But yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But it's kind of different. So I guess um the thing for Byron is I guess going into next year is going to be having to learn to work with somebody new again, and that's an important thing that people don't really take into consideration most of the time when they think about a driver and crew chief's relationship. It's it's super crucial, honestly. It's just like Kevin Harvick. 
and Rodney Childress. There are two polar opposites of people, but they know how to work together, and that is exactly how they got a championship. So a lot of those little things matter on and off the track. So it always is going to help, but it'll be interesting to see who is on his top box next year. Do you think it's going to be a setback for William? And I ask that question because we know it took him a little bit of time to get his first win. And it was evident that him and Chad didn't really have that connection. And that's just my view. Somebody else may disagree, but I felt as if they were just on different pages. And and maybe it was because, as you have pointed out so many times in our offline conversations, Kenny, is that Byron may have not known specifically how to express what exactly was happening and going on in the car to Chad or like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, just hit the nail right on the head with that one. I think the issue is it's difficult to give feedback to Canals. And if it's not enough, it doesn't really help him out. If you tell him the car is just not driving fast. Well, there's a thousand reasons why it couldn't be. The car might just be too tight on entry, too loose on entry, too tight on exit or et cetera, et cetera. It could be a a plethora of things. And I think the thing they got to look for next in a crew chief for him is someone who is just on that right level that can understand where he's at. But again, that's just his biggest thing. He hasn't had as much experience as your average cup driver that is, um, in the cup series or in NASCAR in general, just hasn't, just hasn't had the time. So he doesn't always know what exactly the car is going to do. But I think the last two years obviously were crucial, including this one. And we'll have to see how that works out. Maybe the basis of having canals and now having somebody else. And now he's had enough, a lot more time to spend with the car. Maybe it'll help him out in the long run, but we'll see. Another question for you, Kenny, is Alex Bowman keeping his same crew chief? I don't think that's been disclosed just yet, if I'm not mistaken. I may be incorrect on that, so don't quote me on that. But I would assume he's going to roll with the same one, but we'll see. Okay, and I know someone cornered, and I use that word loosely, cornered up Mr. H, as in Rick Hendrick, and asked him about the 48 and who was going to be in, or excuse me, the 88 and who was going to be in it. Or maybe I got it all wrong. How about that? So I'm going to leave that one alone. We still don't know who's going to be in the 48. Oh, or the, I am, we, I well, am we still don't though. know who's going to be in the 88. I am correct on that. Greg Ives is moving along with Alex Bowman. So that'll be good for him, too. Okay, perfect. So we don't know who's going to be in the 88. And now that the 14 is vacant, we still don't know who's going to be in the 14. What we do know is that Daniel and all his amigos can celebrate because Daniel, as in Daniel Suarez, has arrived. He's going to be in the new, what number is it going to be for Trackhouse? I just thought about it. The 99. That's not a winning number. Let me just put that out there. You guys know how I feel about the numbers. (laughs) And 99 ain't it. (laughs) That's to me is still like a garbage team number, but okay. That's won quite a bit. Can't say it hasn't won in NASCAR. Think of, uh, I don't know. Some guy named Carl Edwards, Jeff Burton, two guys who won quite a bit in the 99. Oh, leave it to Kenny to come up with some history facts. <laughs> Very well, Man, Kenny. On. I love I love Carl Edwards. I got love for Carl Edwards. I can't, can't leave him out. <laughs> well, very well. I don't like the number 99. What say you guys? Do you guys like the number 99? Tweet us. Let us know your thoughts. 
Okay, the 14 and the 88 are available. Drivers that don't have a ride. And I think we talked about this on the last podcast, but so much happened in between the last time we recorded in this podcast. We do know that your boy Matty D is coming back and he's going to have one more year in the number, what's his number? 21. In the number 21 for the Wood Brothers. In the number 21 for the Wood Brothers. So that's great news. We still know Eric Jones is without a ride. Corey LaJoy is without a ride. The 14, the 88 are without drivers. Ty Dillon is without a ride. And I'm sure I'm forgetting some other people who are without a ride, but that's the gist of it. And speaking of Ty, as in Ty Dillon, I couldn't help myself. So I got on Twitter, on the Twitter, and I posted a question. And the question is still live for those who are listening who want to vote on it. But the question was simple. We talked about this on the podcast before because we have. But we want to know what NASCAR fans think. Who's the better driver of the Dillon brothers? Hashtag NASCAR. As it stands now, the voting is pretty dead even. Ty Dillon, 32%. Austin Mm. Dillon, 37%. And 31% say, tough to say. Now, I read this question in the tweet because there was a comment. And someone said, Ty needs to be in a full-on RCR car. Now, RCR and Hendrick, Kenny, if I'm not mistaken, and and I say if I'm not mistaken a lot because I consume so much NASCAR news, sometimes it just rattles in my head. And I know Kenny lives, eats, and breathes NASCAR 24-7, so he can back (laughs) me up. There was some deal done, right, with RCR and Hendrick? I think we talked about it last week. Yeah, they're trying to work together, I believe. They got a new shop com- in Concord they're getting ready to build. How many cars does RCR have? Technically three. Technically, because Bubba's car is a prepared car. And they got the two cars with Daniel, I mean, excuse me, not Daniel, uh, Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon. Oh, wow. So is there a reason why Ty Dillon doesn't race for Papa? I wish he would, honestly. I feel like he, honestly... I do feel, I know the poll might say what it say, but I feel like Ty is a better driver than Austin overall, honestly. I just feel like he hasn't had the chance in a relatively decent equipment, honestly. That's just really it for him. So it'd be great to see him. And maybe if they make a third car, or maybe he is the destination driver for the 43, maybe. That could be a possibility. I'm just throwing it out there because you have room for four cars. Now, I don't know if you necessarily have the money for four cars, but you have room for four cars. And maybe Ty finds another big sponsor like Geico. And if he does, why can't he race for his grandpa? I'm just putting it out there. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the family. I'm not speculating and I'm not saying anything. All that I'm saying is that your grandson is about to be without a ride. What's the problem? And I'm just going to drop that where it is. You guys know how much love I have for Austin Dillon, and I'm going to leave it like that. Okay, what else is happening in NASCAR that I've missed? And if not, if I didn't miss anything, we can head into some predictions. Kenny, you got something to say? Renee, you got something to say? 
Um, I don't. <laughs> I think we knocked them all out, honestly. Yeah. That was it. We never talked about our weekends. Like, it's so crazy. Does it even matter now? Because the weekends have turned into weekdays and vice versa. There's yeah. no partying. Renee's booed up now. That's what's really so crazy. The pandemic slowed Renee down to the point where he got him a new boo. Yeah. No kidding. And that's scary. <laughs> Shouts oh, out man. to Javier, Renee's son, just because. Yeah. Kenny, what's up with you and your girlfriend? Your boo-boo. <laughs> Everything is all good. <laughs> okay. That was a everything's all good. Don't ask because she's listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, girl. How it do, boo? <laughs> hey, guys. I do want to give a quick shout out to, and I know I didn't really uh, say this on the last podcast, but I happened to go down to uh, Montana uh, this past weekend uh, for a few shows that I got booked for, believe it or not. Wait, and you went down to Montana or you flew to Montana? Because well, you don't, I've, you don't go right. down to Montana yeah, you, from L.A. Like, what I, are you talking about? Right, exactly. I, I went over to Montana. I flew over there. And I'll tell you this. It was, um, it was nerve-wracking in the sense of because this is the first time I've, I've flown since this whole pandemic has happened. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I made – and, and let me tell you, I, I had everything. I had the mask. I had a face shield. I, I mean, I had gloves on. It was <laughs> – <laughs> but, but um, it – it's crazy because there were just as many people that looked just like me, so I didn't look out of place, which I was thankful for. And the crazy thing is, is like when you get on the plane, the stewardess automatically give you uh, sanitized packages so that you can wipe uh, your chair down, you can wipe your, your food tray down and, and whatever space that you, you, you're in. They do everything possible to try to keep you safe and a uh, peace of mind of keeping you, you know, healthy in a sense of like, you know, uh, keeping stuff clean in your area. The shows itself were great. We we had a very nice crowds that came out. It wasn't like packed or full or anything. Everybody was social distancing. Everybody had mask on, and it was uh, and it was absolutely um, a fantastic time. My first time on stage since June, so uh, I was uh, it was exhilarating to be uh, on stage once again. Well, shout out to Renee getting back on stage. I'm happy for you, yeah. Renee. Yeah. I'm happy that you had the courage to fly because I still do not have the courage to fly. No, and <laughs> all the sanitizer and all that stuff still does not encourage me to fly because all I keep thinking about is recycled air on the plane. Yeah. And that is what's preventing me from flying. I actually have a friend who she used to work for NASCAR. She is going to Tulum oh, and right she, she has invited me to go. And I told her, I just cannot be on a plane for five hours with a mask on. I'm not one of those people who ride in a car with a mask. I, I don't understand it. Like you're in a car by yourself. Why do you have on a mask? I'm not getting on a plane for five hours wearing a mask because I think the longest that I've ever had on a mask is when I'm in the store and I limit the time that I am in the stores because I'm not going to front. I've been into the store since this pandemic happens, whether it's home goods. It's not even that I need anything. I just like to go in there and look at stuff, but I try to limit my time in stores to 20 minutes and I come right back out and I take off my mask and I have like a real mask with a filter that covers it almost covers my eyes to be honest like I do not play I'm masked up 
Shout out to the maskers out there. But I'm not a person who wears the mask while I'm driving down the street by myself in a car. I don't understand that. Like, you're in the car by yourself. Why do you have on a mask? And shout out to those who do do that. I just don't understand it. But my point of sharing all that is that my time with a mask on is very limited. It is to go in the store and out. And I stay at home a lot and I go to the beach. But even when I'm at the beach, I do not wear my mask unless I'm passing someone and I put it over my face. And I've not ever passed anyone without my mask on. That's, I mean, and here in California, actually at the beach that I go to, Manhattan Beach, it is a $350 fine not to have on a mask. But obviously at the beach, a lot of people don't wear masks. But shout out to you, Renee. I commend you. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you to be back on stage. Right on. I would be more excited if you were someplace raving and doing the shuffle, but you got a long (laughs) ways before that happens. Because I'm like looking at YouTube videos like, dude, can I I go see some of these DJs live and in person? Hopefully we'll get back to that someday. Okay, this is a long podcast because I've talked entirely too much. I was channeling Dale Jarrett for this podcast. And not that Dale Jarrett talks too much. I don't think that came out correctly. But he can talk. And I like a good talker. So I like Dale Jarrett. It is time for some predictions because we are where, Kenny, next week? Going to Kansas. Kansas. It's time for Grace Predictions. I'm going to go first. Clint Boyer for the win because he is going home. And my boy, KFB, is my alternative because, damn. He can't go out without winning at least one race this season. So Clint Boyer for the win because he's home and it is his last time as a full-time driver in the NASCAR Cup Series before he heads to the booth. And KFB is my alternative. Renee, who you got? All right. You know what? It's amazing that you had your pick set that way because I actually was going to go with Clint Boyer myself, knowing that this is his last hurrah and he's going to the booth. I also would personally like to see Clint Boyer come out with a win. So I'm going to go with Clint Boyer as my winner. And you know what? I'm actually going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney as my alternative pick. Don't ask me why. I thought Ryan Blaney probably could have pulled it out today, but so many things were just going on with that guy. But I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney as my alternative pick. But I do want to see Clint Boyer go out with uh, taking the checkered flag on this one. What do you say, Kenny? Well, this time I'm last, which is kind of weird, but <laughs> <laughs> this is very, this is like actually very strange. <laughs> but well, um, I can go after you, Kenny, if you would like. <laughs> because after good. I thought about my picks, I picked. It was emotional. I'm like, dang, we are in the playoffs. I probably should have picked a playoff <laughs> driver, but you know, hey, I gotta go with Clint. It's yeah. it's all good. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Do some different things sometimes, but for me, I'm gonna roll with Denny Hamlin. He won last October at Kansas and he also won in May. So I feel like, hey, why not give him three to row at Kansas? That's my main pick. And from alternative pick, it's another winner at Kansas the year before last. I'm going with Chase Elliott. That's how I'm rolling with. Those are my picks. I'm sticking to them. Well, all right. There you go. Those are our picks. What say you fans of All Turns No Breaks? 
Let us know who you think is going to win over in Kansas. Hit us up on our social media across the board at Turns No Breaks. Once again, that's across the board at Turns No Breaks. We always appreciate you guys tuning in and supporting our podcast. And for Tam, my man Kenny, and myself, be safe, be kind, and we will see you next week on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. See ya. Let's go, Lakers. And next week, we'll talk about Renee's Astros. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 